Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. This week, we are talking about things to think about when you are picking a breast pump. Now, before we jump in the episode, I want to let you know that if you are pregnant and you are in your third trimester right now, now is the time to join our mommy mentorship program. We created this program to help new moms just like you with massive amounts of information, international guest expert masterclasses on a huge range of topics. We're talking postpartum sex, we're talking hypnobirthing, postpartum fitness, just to name a few. We have a fantastic community of moms who are in the same season of life as you. Now, if this is something that interests you, you can check us out at our website, mommymentorship.com. It is our low cost mommy mentorship program. And when I say low cost, I'm talking about less than two large three topping pizzas a month. Okay, so let's get into this episode. Things to think about when picking a breast pump. This can be a really overwhelming idea and very intimidating when you are pregnant and have never breastfed before. And it's something that you want to do and you're trying to set yourself up in case you have some struggles that you want to breastfeed, then you can, you know, pump as well. Or maybe if you have to go back to work right away or not long after in your postpartum period, pumping is something that can allow you to provide your baby with breast milk, if that's what you choose, and still go to school or go back to work. But it's not an easy decision at all. It can be very overwhelming and very intimidating because there are so many different options out on the market right now. There's, there are so many different options and there's so many different types of breast pumps, right? Like different breast pumps are suitable for different situations and uh, are kind of tailored to different people. So uh, there's lots to consider when you're thinking about getting a breast pump. And as you mentioned, like it is hard to decide what to get and how much money to spend when um, you haven't breastfed before, right? Because it's all new to you. And so there's a bit of a learning curve with all that. And some people successfully breastfeed for a very long time and other people don't, right? Like I fall into the the not breastfeeding because I never ended up producing enough milk. So even though I had the intention of breastfeeding and I had the pump, I didn't actually end up doing it for that long. Well, and then there's also the other category of women too, who don't, don't want to breastfeed, but still want to provide 
breast milk. So they are choosing to exclusively pump, right? So there's uh, that whole area too, that, you know, making that decision of what pump is a big choice. And you never know too, things come up that you can't prepare for that might necessitate a breast pump, which could be, you know, if your baby isn't able to feed direct, you know, breastfeed directly that you, and you want to breastfeed, having a pump helps with that. If you're separated due to health reasons, either because of your baby's premature birth or your work or schooling, um, or maybe a health issue with your, with you yourself, again, breastfeeding allows that to happen in some cases too. Some people use breast pumps as a tool to try and increase their milk production too. Yeah, that's especially at the beginning, right? Like when you're trying to get your milk in, yeah, you definitely need the breast pump to try to stimulate stimulate yourself to get the, the milk flowing. So there are a bunch of different types of pumps. So we're just gonna quickly go over the four, four main types of pumps. First pump you have is the manual pump. This would be one that's handheld and you use your hands to pump with. Did you ever try a handheld? No, I didn't. No. I know a lot of people sometimes will buy a handheld um, because they're they're inexpensive, but they'll throw it in their diaper bag, right? So that if they they are out and about and they need to relieve themselves a little bit. As in like uh, then, their engorgement, not like yes. urine. <laughs> yeah, 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 sorry. <laughs> yes, engorgement. They, you need to relieve your, your breasts a little bit. You have a pump that you can do that with. Well, there's actually three beyond, um, I guess there's, you know, the different types of the four types of pumps. They kind of fall under the user categories of occasional use, regular use, as well as building supply use. Those kind of fall under those categories, but you're right. There are four main designs of, of um, the breast pump. And the first being a manual pump where you manually have to pump the milk out of your breast with your hand. And for that reason, it's, it is popular for traveling and for use when you need a quick pump, but it's not really an everyday pump. No, that's like if you're going to use it maybe once or twice a week for only once a day, you know, like once or twice total a week. Manual pumps are designed for using one or two times a week. That's it. Like it is very occasional. It is not regular use because while they're efficient to use it, they're not convenient if it's something that you're going to be doing all the time. Well, and I never used a manual one, but I heard they're kind of hard, like, cause you kind of like you're pumping it by hand. So you have to keep pumping with your hand and then your hand kind of gets sore and they're just kind of hard in that aspect. Yeah. It's not convenient. Yeah. Like not at all. They're convenient because they're small and you can pack them, but it's not convenient use because you are the motor. <laughs> you have <laughs> yeah. to sit there pumping away. So consider that for travel if you end up successfully breastfeeding. But number two is probably one of one of the more popular ones, which is the electric breast pump. I think this is kind of what people think of when 
the, when you say a breast pump is an electric breast pump. Um, and it's one that can be plugged into a wall outlet or be used by a battery. And it can be a single pump or a double, meaning that you use, you pump one breast at a time, or you do a double, which you, you pump both at the same time. Um, but I think when you say like a breast pump, most people probably imagine an electric breast pump in their head when they hear those words. Well, and with this one, you hook yourself up and you press a button and you it, it pumps. There's a motor and it, it pumps your breast. Yeah. And milk comes out. Yeah, it's motorized. There's a little motor and you kind of just, it's the cow milking. That's what it is. <laughs> it is, yeah. This is very much, you're tied to one location. You are a cow being milked. There is a very definite sound that if you are a repeat mom or a new mom who has used a breast pump and you're listening to this episode, you will be able to hear that fluctuation in sound in your mind because once you hear it, it never goes away. Yeah, these are probably, probably maybe tied. These are the traditional breast pumps in the sense of most popular, I would say. And that's what I used when I was pumping. And is, that's what you use too. Yeah, this is what I used. I had a double pump and yeah, there's a sound. You're hooked up like a cow. They're, you know, they're not bad in any way. Like they're dependable. They're, I had a, uh, a Medela in style one. You can get it in like a tote bag or a backpack. I had a backpack. It was very convenient. I found that backpack especially convenient where I was like, oh, thank goodness I had a, had it, the backpack design. Finn and I were being transferred from the NICU hospital back to our home hospital. So we had already been, he had been born at our home hospital, transferred to the, another hospital, NICU. We did our stay there. And then we were being transferred back to our home hospital for an additional stay. And we were being transferred. It was just me. We were being transferred by an ambulance. And I had to carry all of my bags, all of the stuff I had. So I'm talking like my hospital bag, my pillow, um, my pump, my bag of food and snacks that I had my, you know, like I had all these bags that I was carrying into the ambulance with me because nobody was there with me. So in my back, in my head, I remember saying, thank goodness I had a back, the backpack pump because I could throw that on. And then I started, I looked like a Sherpa. I was just like, lugging bags on my shoulders and across my body and like on my arms. So I was really happy with my backpack one, as opposed to the over the shoulder tote bag. I like that. That was, and that's what stands out to me is like, Oh, thank goodness. I had the backpack. It's easier to throw on my back. And I've done that a few times, but yeah, they're, they're really durable. They're dependable. They're efficient. And I say, if you're going to get a pump, this is just my own personal opinion. Um, but if you're going to get a pump and you're going to be using it regularly, get a double pump so that it saves you time. Oh, yeah, definitely. It makes lots of sense. Mm -hmm. So number three, we have as the wearable electric pump. What the wearable electric breast pumps are, they go in your bra. They're hands-free, wire-free, tube-free, and they are in your bra. So they make it super discreet. So you actually attach them to you. You can wear them in your bra, which is what makes it hands-free. 
So you attach it to your, the suction to your nipple, and then you can wear it in a bra, um, just your regular nursing bra usually. So they're very discreet. Um, they are really popular with women who are, you know, back at work because you're not tied to one location. Um, these are much newer in design and really increasing in popularity. They're completely hidden. They are completely hidden. Have you tried one of these? No, I haven't tried these at all. And although I really am intrigued by it and I had really considered getting it. And there's a couple of different designs. I know one really popular one is the Willow. And there's one that starts with an E as well. Because let's face it, when you've got other kids running around, it would be very convenient not to be tied down oh, when you're pumping. You are like speaking my language right there. You are absolutely correct. Like is definitely would be convenient with, you know, second, third, fourth children. But it, it also is really convenient for going back to work or going to school because you're not tied to one place. You're not and you're, you don't have wires and and tubes hanging out of you. So that might be worth the investment for someone who is like, especially in the States where you go back to work earlier, like around the three month mark, maybe a little later, depending on where you're working. But if you're pumping while you're at work, then that might make sense to buy the wearable electric one because then it's discreet. You're not tied down. And then later on, if you decide you're going to have another kid or two, then you have that. And then when you're chasing around your other kid as well as going to work, you know, you had a little bit more freedom with that. Yeah. The only, the only like caveat with these, like the wearable hands-free electric ones are that they are pricey. They're not cheap. Like you're looking at for a willow, probably about $500, but they are quiet. They're discreet. So like you said, if you're uh, going to school or if you're going back to work, it is probably a good, it would be a good investment because you're not tied to, you know, your one spot or a pumping room. You could be potentially doing your job while you're pumping and nobody would really know because they're quiet because the electric ones that plug in, they are loud. But that's not really that much more expensive than a double pump, like electric pump. No, you're right. No, it's a little right. bit more expensive, but yeah. not a lot. Yeah, you're right. That's not, that's not over holy like considering they are a bit of an investment like it does if you get an electric pump or a wearable electric pump it's going to be an investment right yeah if you, you're buying it that's exactly it if you're buying an electric pump they're going to be investment you know the medela in pump in style which is what i had is about 300 bucks so it is a little bit more pricey um it's obviously a lot more bulky it has you know, because you're carrying things, something to consider. So then number four, we've got a hospital grade pump. So these ones are, they're heavy duty ones, right? They're for multiple users. They're usually a few thousand bucks. Yeah. And it's something that you probably won't need if you're going out to purchase one. No. Right? Yeah. You. So you would not buy a hospital grade one. Unless, you know, I guess if you were having multiple, multiple, like if you're having, you know, four or five babies at once, that might be considered, it might be a worthwhile investment if that's something you want to do. Uh, you know, if you're having quince or quads, then maybe it's something, but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, um, 
a hospital and yeah and they're designed they're soup they're not convenient they're really loud um they are super heavy they're not pretty to look at they look very old in design because it hasn't been just you know updated i'm quite often if you're looking at renting a hospital grade one you're probably going to be getting a medella symphony um those are probably the most common hospital go like rented hospital designs they're really popular in hospitals i know that was what was available um in the nicu where i was those ones are like hella efficient they are they get milk out faster and they get more milk out um and they increase the flow but that's a good thing like they create a faster letdown they're really efficient they're very easy to clean and because they're designed for hospital use they're designed for multi users they are completely self-contained so there's no way for any milk to kind of i guess quote unquote contaminate the motor or system um which is what makes it safe as a hospital grade and as a user when you rent it you have to buy you yourself yes you're renting the pump but you have to buy the sections and like an accessories kit that is yours and you keep and you know what sometimes you can rent it for months it doesn't have to be just when you're in the hospital you can rent a hospital grade one um for months if that's something that interests you but it's not something that you're going to be lugging from home and to work and back again it's just it's not a convenient one it is a highly efficient one just very expensive um if you were to buy it which is why people rent it so there are a few questions to consider uh when you are thinking about what you're going to do about pumping so kind of the first question would be how much pumping will you be doing right are you going to are you going to be pumping exclusively like some people choose to do um i know pumping exclusively is sometimes what twin moms will do they'll pump at the same time while they're giving their baby's bottles of breast milk just cuz it's a little bit more convenient than having two on the breast at the same time it can be easier although you can breastfeed two babies at the same time yeah, you totally um, can. It takes yeah. practice and yeah. it, you know, just like breastfeeding one, it's hard and then you yeah. throw another one on there, it's doubly hard, I would guess. Well, it's just more awkward cuz positioning two babies, right? Especially as they get bigger. So some twin moms or multiple moms, uh they will pump, so they will be feeding their babies with bottles at, as while they're hooked up to a breast pump. I've seen that before. But yeah, how how much pumping will I be doing? Are you are you doing it at work? Are you doing it at home? So like are you going to be exclusively pumping? Are you going to be occasionally pumping? Or, you know, is it going to be if you're occasionally pumping, are you going to just have a little bit of a stockpile in place in the freezer like a just in case or if you're going away for the weekend um or is it just to relieve your press you know your engorgement when you first when your milk first comes in in your early stage of postpartum those are all things to consider um also if you have a low supply are you going to use a pump to um try and increase your supply and when i say like 
trying to increase your supply, that's after talking with a P- your pediatrician or your doctor and creating a plan or a lactation consultant to create a plan and put it in place. And sometimes that will include using a pump to try and increase a low supply. It's not just you know, your own observation of, oh, I think I, I have a low supply. I'm going to try and, you know, do some power pumping to increase it. Yes, some people do, some women do that and it works. Um, some women, it, it's easier to have that kind of formal support of having a lactation consultant or a pediatrician or their doctor to help kind of guide them in that space. Um, bear in mind that some doctors, most doctors, um, are not very aware of, you know, the breastfeeding do's and don'ts. You're better off to talk to a lactation consultant. Absolutely. You know, and in our mommy mentorship program, which I know we mentioned at the beginning, um, we actually have a lactation consultant who does an amazing video um, to give you kind of the rundown of breastfeeding before you, your baby even arrives, like watch the videos kind of gives you some of the basics. Yeah. Actually, she does two videos. Yeah. It's, Mm -hmm. yeah, she's an amazing lactation consultant um, who we, uh, we love. Yeah. So good. That is a really great masterclass that we have. So next question would be, uh, where are you going to do most of your pumping? Are you doing most of your pumping at home? Are you doing most of your pumping at work or at school? Where are you doing your pumping? Or maybe you're doing it all three places, right? So you need to know what your pumping situation looks like. So you know what is going to be most efficient for you and most portable, right? Like if you're taking it to multiple places, then you're going to need something that you can take with you, right? And like we had mentioned, the wearable electric uh, pump might be great for someone who's working or someone who's chasing kids around. Um, so, you know, you kind of have to think of your situation now, but you might might also want to think of your situation in the future as well, because if you're planning on having more kids, then you might want to factor that into your decision now. Yeah. And something to think of too, is like, if you're thinking or you, you think you would like multiple like more than one one child and using that is also to consider the lifespan of that pump because there is a lifespan to it um generally speaking they usually say that a pump an electric an electric um pump will run you about one and a half babies that's for just like a general user, not exclusively pumping, um, but like a general user. So something that I would consider, I guess I would fall under uh, and it would run me through one and a half babies. Now I've stretched it to three, but with Maeve, I really haven't used it as much as I have with Spray and Finn. So I guess you could count it. So I've, I've kind of outlived, but I will say you can, when I look at my motor, there is massive wear and tear. Like I can, it's, I'm cleaning it even when I'm not using it because the motor is dying. Well, and it depends on, on the type that you get, like you can get like a more, you got a very good 
like the Modellas are a very good brand. They're very, mm-hmm. um, they're a little bit more expensive than some of the other electric motor brands. So I would think if you got a cheaper one, it might not last you as long as well. Absolutely. absolutely. Right? They generally, I think what they kind of, what is kind of generally said is if you look at what their warranty is, that's kind of going to give you an idea of how long it's going to last. So if you have like a two or four year warranty, Um, or like a longer warranty, I guess you could say like a two-year warranty, that's a general sign that it's a good quality pump. Um, Another thing to consider about where you will be doing your pumping is if you're going to be pumping on the go or tied to an outlet, if you have an outlet source, then you're going to be using your, your motor is a little bit more powerful as compared to using the battery option of pumping on the go. The battery, it still works. It pumps well. It's just not as powerful. So I know from experience of pumping in the car while we're driving and I'm using the battery part of the battery pack of my pump, I don't, it takes longer for me to pump when compared to it plugged into a wall outlet because there is a difference in strength, suction strength um, between the battery and a plug-in. Well, and batteries, as they lose their juice, it's going to get slower and slower, right? Mm-hmm. So next we have where to get a breast pump. So you have kind of three options. Number one would be to rent one. And there's lots of good options. Um, a lot of hospitals will rent them out. Um, also, uh, medical organizations Lactation consultants quite often do like um, lactation consultants or midwives quite often have pumps that you can rent. Um, And this might be a good option uh, for a few reasons. Number one, to make sure that this is something that you want to do. Because I know for me, if I had gone out and spent the money, I would have been kicking myself because my supply never really came in. And I know I'm not alone on that because there are other women who had the same experience. So renting might be a good option just to make sure everything goes smoothly. It also could allow you to try a couple different types of pumps, like a couple different brands even, right? To see what you like. If they have them. And if they don't, yeah. you, could probably, you could probably reach out to a couple different organizations to see if they have different styles or different brands of pumps. You're no guarantee that every like an organization will have multiple types of pumps because once they find one that they like, they do tend to stay with them, but you can absolutely reach out and rent them from different spots. And if you're renting, you still have to buy the kit for the milk supply. So basically you're renting the motor. You're still going to have to buy the attachment to the breast and the bottles that the, that catches the milk, the suction tubes as well. Yeah. So there's still like a separate kit that you'd have to buy for the pump. Mm-hmm. So number two, we have, you could just go out and buy one, right? Yeah. And that's what I did um, when I had, I can't remember if I had it on my registry. I don't think I did. Maybe I did. I think I might've maybe, um, but I hadn't had a shower yet. My shower was planned for a week before, um, 
my due date with Freya. And we all know that she decided to come and be born at 34 weeks. And so the day after she was born, um, my dad went searching because I had nothing. We had nothing. We sent him, I sent him out shopping to get buy me a breast pump and to try and find some preemie onesies um, because she was so small. And he came back with a breast pump. He did not come back with onesies because they were, it was like near impossible to find preemie clothes um, in our area. So, but yeah, so that was an experience for my dad. He went in <laughs> not knowing anything and had to go to the, he went to Toys R Us and, and um, walked in and was like, I need to get a breast pump for my daughter. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, is she having her shower? She's like, Nope. She had her baby yesterday and we need a breast pump now. That's crazy. Things, yeah. things he never thought he'd be doing, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. But it was a good experience for him. So now he, you know, if anybody he's in Toys R Us and anybody is looking for some support on breast pump buying, he can help them out because he knows about them. What dads won't do for their daughters, right? That's very, that's very true. Yeah. And the thing is, if you're planning on buying one, check with your insurance to see if they will cover some of it or all of it, right? Yeah, you might you might have to get a like a prescription from your doctor, your pediatrician to get that um, insurance coverage. But there are a lot that do it. It's totally worth trying to find out because if you can even just take some of the financial burden off of that, like the purchasing costs, because they are expensive, right? And in a time when you're you're already buying a lot of stuff whether or not you're trying not to buy stuff you do there's a lot of money going out the door when you have a baby and and if you can get your insurance to cover all or some of it it's it's totally worth reaching out and looking to see if you can do that and doctors write prescriptions for them all the time yeah oh yeah very 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 common yeah so lastly, we have, you could ask for it as a shower gift. And I know you just mentioned you might've put yours on your registry, right? So you could ask for it as a shower gift. Yes, it's a more expensive item. However, sometimes people go together for group gifts or be people give you gift cards to, to put towards it, right? Yeah, you can. And if that's something that you want, then you can make it an actual note of registering for it and saying, this is our, one of our big ticket items and have people, multiple people go together and buy it for you. Yeah. It just takes some of the burden off of you. Yeah. And then one more thing we wanted to mention was some of the accessories that you can buy for breastfeeding or for pumping. Well, yeah, a couple of other things to think about when you're looking at different pumps is um, if you are going to, one thing that you want to consider when you're looking at all the different styles and when you're looking at an electric pump, something that you want to look for is if the speed is adjustable and if there's multiple types of suction, because when your baby breastfeeds, um, they don't breastfeed at the same strength and at the same speed all of the time. So at first, um, they start really, really fast and then they slow down because they're thirsty, right? So when they first latch, there's quite often like shorter, um, faster suck suckling. And then as they get a little less thirsty and they'll start and they get a deeper latch, they get 
slower, more powerful pulls on the nipple, which then draws out more milk and increases the letdown. So, you know, I know with my Medela, it has a two stage power system where when I first latch, it's really fast and a little bit sharp because it's drawing the nipple quickly in. And then after two minutes, it slows down and becomes a much more powerful pull. Um, and that helps with milk letdown and bringing forward more milk as opposed to one pat where you just turn it on and it's just like one speed all the time. It will still work. It's just not as efficient or it doesn't mimic the natural movements of a breastfeeding baby on your on your nipple. Another um, another thing with that is also to consider: Are there varying speeds um, of? So can you go from like a really light suction to a really heavy suction? And you don't. The heavier the suction does not mean more milk is coming out because you can get just as much milk coming out of your nipple on a low setting, it's about getting the proper seal and pressure um, and your whole nipple to be drawn into the nipple tunnel or the nipple flange, which is like the tube piece that you stick your nipple in. And that's what the suction pulls you out, which then brings me to another piece to consider too is the type of accessories specifically for your nipple um, because Every, you know, we know that no woman is the same. We know that no pregnancy is the same. Our bodies are all different and no breast and nipple is the same. So one size does not fit all when it comes to breast feet, um, to breast pumps. So you can buy or a good pump will have a variety of nipple gauge sizes, um, larger, smaller, standard, so that if you have a smaller nipple, you can still get a proper seal to make sure that you're getting a strong, even if it's on the lowest setting, a strong suction, which then draws out the milk and does not damage your nipple. Because that's really, really important because not using a breast pump properly can damage your nipple. I speak from experience. So when I had Freya, my breast pump came with a standard kind of mid-range size nipple size flange. I was using it and my nipple, entire nipple, and then part of my areola was going in the two, like in the flange, getting sucked down. And one of my nurses said, You're it's too big. That's too big for you. I never thought I had big like little nipples. I didn't know that. Um, I was just like, okay, my nipples are my nipples. But the nurse was like, you need to get a smaller flange. So I went down a size and it fit much better where it was my areola stayed out, but my nipple was being drawn into the, the tube, the tunnel, which was what is supposed to happen. And then it was way more comfortable on my nipple. Um, and I did fine pumping that way. And then when I had Finn, I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing, you know, I have the smaller nipple tunnel. That's what I needed with Freya good. I'm going to use it. And uh, apparently my nipples had changed, which makes sense because I had breastfed Freya. Um, but I, so I was using the smaller nipple tunnel and I was going away and I was in absolute ag agony. 
Finn had not been able to latch yet because of all of the interventions and everything in the NICU. So I was pumping every three hours to the point where I was in tears for my left nipple. So terrible. And then I was like, can I see a lactation consultant? She came and she was watching me pump and she, and she looked, she said, stop. She pulled out my nipple. I had torn my nipple almost like halfway off because of the suction. And I wasn't on a high suction, but what it was, was that I was using a nipple tunnel that was too small for me now because my nipples had changed between having Freya and having Finn. My nipples had gotten bigger. And so she said, no, you're using the wrong size. And at that point I had torn it. It was, I was in absolute agony. So I had to um, go back to the kind of original size I had that came in the box. And that made it so much better. I was still in absolute agony and it took months to uh, heal, but I was able to heal it. But that made me clue in that, you know, your nipples change along with your body. So having one size with one baby doesn't mean that it will work with this, the next one. So it's about having the right seal and nipple flange or nipple tunnel size that fits your breast and your nipple best so that you become, you get like you optimize your pump. So that's just a warning that you want to be able to look for a pump that has multiple sizes of nipple flanges to uh, address your, your individual um, breast needs. That's one of my things is that you really do need to make sure that it fits you and fits you properly so that your nipple is in the tube, but not your areola. You don't want half your areola in there with you because it does, that's the wrong size. And if you are planning on pumping and even just pumping exclusively, like maybe talking to a lactation consultant, it would still be beneficial to you, right? And the hospitals usually have a lactation consultant. So uh, make sure you ask to see one um, if you want some pointers on pumping and or breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, just because of their lactation, lactation doesn't just mean breastfeeding. It has includes pumping as well. And they can give you tips on how to make it efficient and help your milk come in and help you out in, in that that sphere as well. Ultimately, your choice for, you know, what pump works best for you comes down to your lifestyle, your budget. And then one thing to remember is that the bigger price tag does not always mean that it's better. So look into what you're going to need, a couple of different options, see if your insurance will cover it and, you know, make the choice that suits you the best, whether it's a, um, a more affordable one because it fits your needs better as opposed to in, you know, spending a whole lot of money or having somebody spend a whole lot of money for something that is trendy, but not doesn't meet the needs that you're going to have. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.